0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. My podcasts often deal with distressing situations which are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. Some of what I discuss may trigger uncomfortable emotions. If that does occur, please reach out to Lifeline, Beyond Blue or any other support service or person you feel comfortable with. It's also important to note that there's always two sides, sometimes more to every story. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs and theirs alone. Not everyone will agree with them. I never want to tell any guest what to say or what not to say, so please try and keep that in mind. Today's podcast is my guest's version of events, and there'll always be others who see it differently. Hello, I'm Narelle Fraser. I was a cop with Victoria Police for 27 years, 15 of those as a detective, having dealt with all types of crime, from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. I witnessed the effect crime has on all those involved and became one of those victims myself in 2012 when I was diagnosed with PTSD. However, out of adversity comes other opportunities like this, my own podcast, I still pinch myself but thanks for listening and coming with me as we explore the human side and impact of crime well that's our first season done and dusted we that's black salmon and I we've always said we'd give it six months and it's proved that that I think we made the right decision on what NFI was about, sharing personal stories from real people about real human emotions and situations. So we're going to be recalibrating the show, tweaking it a bit here and there, and we've secured some great guests for season two, some old, some new. We start again in a few weeks. I think it's around May the 12th. So you all need to recharge your batteries and be ready for then. I've got to say I've really enjoyed what we've done so far. Um, my guests come from such a varied field, in all in some way affected by crime. But what I've been thinking about, including next season, is a few of the more amusing, lighter situations that crime presents to us, uh, police that is, at times, some of which are absolute gold. Uh, there's a time that I refer to as the Chainsaw Massacre, Uh, I was working the div van with a female colleague, a bit unusual in the early days, Uh, calls from the neighbours. This was the the job we got. There was a call from a neighbour that there was an awful smell from a little old lady's house uh, next door to where this person lived. And so my colleague and I um, head around there and we checked the surrounds of the house and there was a really awful smell. And I had that that awful feeling that, oh God, I think I know what I'm going to find. But the place was locked up like Fort Knox. So what we decide is that we need to gain entry to check on this little old lady's welfare. And if you could have seen us, uh, we went around the back and we were trying to kick in the back door. And to be honest, it was useless. Um, we'd hardly made a mark on the back door, but not once did we think about going to call any of the men to help us because we could do it. We were females, but we could do it just as good as they could. So what we did is we found there was a tiny shed out the back of the house and we went through that shed. I don't know what we were looking for, something to help us you know, get in the back door and we saw a chainsaw. Both of us had no idea how to use a chainsaw, but I don't know, we might have taken five or 10 minutes and we finally got it started. I don't quite know how, but when it started, I got that much of a fright, I dropped it. Anyway, we started it again. What we decided was to use the chainsaw to saw through the lock on the back door. And it would have taken 10 minutes, but we eventually got through the, uh, the lock on the back door. But what we found was that once we got through that back door, it was actually like a lean to and there was a further lock on another door, which actually allowed us to gain entry to the house. So again, somehow, I don't know how, but we managed to grind our way through that second lock. But we also had to kick in the door a bit. And like I said, the place was like Fort Knox. We'd been yelling out to the little old lady and, you know, there was no response. And like I said, everything was adding up. The smell, the fact that she wasn't responding and the fact that she hadn't even come to the back door, uh, well, we were uh, kicking it in. Bottom line is, we get into the house and there is an awful smell. And I remember each room we went into, I just kept expecting to find this little old lady deceased, and it was an awful feeling. And I remember one stage there, oh, this sounds so, but we were actually holding hands because it was really creepy. I don't know, but I don't think too many men would hold hands going through a house and they felt it was a bit creepy. But anyway, every room we thought we'd find a body. We searched through cupboards. We searched under beds. No body. But what we did find was a dead dead animal under the house, which was the smell. But of course, then we decide it was a sort of a sinking feeling because we realized that We'd forced our way into the house and made quite a bit of damage, and we'd have to advise our sergeant. So we we call up our sergeant on D24, and we asked if we could have a sergeant to attend. And he said, oh, is there a problem there? And well, and this is all through D24, so everyone in the region can hear. And we go, oh... Not really, but um, we've um, done a bit of damage to get into the house. We just want somebody to come around and check. No worries. So what happens is the sergeant doesn't come, but the inspector does. He happens to be in the area. Anyway, he wasn't happy with the, um, uh, the amount of damage we'd done. But what he was even unhappier about was that the sergeant had told him that the little old lady had gone to a lot of trouble to advise us, the police, that she'd be away for two weeks on holidays with her daughter and that she'd filled in the correct form which had been filed in the correct place. My colleague and I just hadn't thought about checking the file. The file was called the absence from residence form. Hmm. So the sergeant and the inspector weren't happy with us, uh, but eventually my colleague and I spoke with the family, explained the situation, and would you believe we came away from there. They thought we were the best two things since sliced bread because they thought how lovely that we would go to that amount of trouble um, <laughs> to check on her mum. So, yes, that was one. Um I suppose another one I could share with you, Um, this was the job I called the Stampeding Cows, and I was new to country policing. I'd been in the job probably about, I don't know, 19, 20 years, and um, there was a a job going at Abram, and I thought – my husband had, and myself had found a beautiful place not far from Kyabram and it was just very handy. Um, anyway, so I think, yeah, I'll try country policing. That'd be it'd be very different. So this particular day, it's probably one of the first days I've been on my own. Like we used to work what we call one up in um, Kyabram In those days, you just did. It was um, something you just did. In the country. Anyway, you'd never have that in the city. But anyway, so I'm on my own driving around in the div van. And so I thought I'd go for a bit of a wander around and check out the town. Uh, I'd never um, worked in the country before, so it was a whole new world to me. And I wasn't very. Natural, I think you would say, <laughs> with anything to do with farm animals, with cows. And, and it didn't help. I had a f- terrible fear of dogs, which was ridiculous, because, but I had been bitten as a kid and I'd never really got over it. So let's say that I was pretty wet behind the ears when it came to country policing. However, I had a lot of experience from city policing. So uh, I thought that might help. Anyway, I'm on a main road driving around, la-di-da, and I come around this big bend on the main highway and there's a, a dirt road and I thought, oh, well, I might <laughs> nothing better to do. I might just go for a wander down there and have a bit of a look. And I wasn't far down the dirt road when all of a sudden I see what seemed like a 1,000 but it was probably about 200 cows stampeding towards me and I panicked because I knew that I had a main road behind me and that's where they were heading so I could just see disaster happening so I called D24 on the police radio with with some urgency in my voice and asked if I could have some backup as I had a herd of stampeding cows and they were heading for the main road and I needed some help well God love my police colleagues because they responded as as I expected and they were coming from everywhere lights and sirens and I knew they'd be there as quick as possible I got off the radio to d24 knowing that my you know my friends were not far away and I wound down my window to hear the approaching police cars and what I hear is a dog barking and then I look way behind at the back of these stampeding cows all coming towards me is heading straight for me, uh, the cows were, at a great rate of knots, I might add, but I see a flashing light. And I had this sudden sinking feeling. I think, is it possible that the cows are being herded down the road to the milking shed? Mm. Oh, my God. And it was the farmer, he was sitting on top of his quad bike, which had the, the um, uh, flashing light. And that's why the dog's there. So I spring into action without thinking about it and I take a deep breath. And I decide I'm going to call D24 and I'm just going to say to all members, stop heading my way. <laughs> I'd luckily found a farmer and we'd managed to herd the cows into a paddock. A disaster averted. I had nearly made a complete deal of myself across the whole region's radio and it was pure relief when they all started um, coming up for in- on the radio. Yep, Echuca 257 received that, aborted. Yep, Stanhope 207 received, aborted. Yes, and 317 received, aborted. Yes, Echuca 650 the toggies, yes, received and aborted, so they were all, all weren't coming. I thought I'd, uh, as I said, I dodged a bullet there. I thought so. I collected myself, did a U-turn, and returned to the police station because it was the end of a very stressful shift. And as I walked in the door for the changeover, one of the connies says to me, "Great job out there, cowgirl. You averted a disaster." It sounds like, you know, and. Bit of um banter, you know, oh welcome to country policing, few slaps on the back. And to be honest, I was pretty with me, pretty happy with myself that my secret was safe. So I go in and I change into my civvies and I'm walking out the door when the same Connie says to me, Hey cowgirl, who was that farmer who helped you? And of course I had no idea, because I just said it, it was a guy on a quad bike down Reubens Lane, that's all I said. And he goes, I'll have to have a good laugh with him tomorrow night because that'll be, I don't know, Jim Smith. He's the only one that uh, is down that road. That'll be him on the quad bike and he's coming around for a barbecue tomorrow night. Great bloke, isn't he? Oh, well, my gig was up. So I had to relent and tell him the truth. So from that moment on, cowgirl it was. And I was referred to on the radio as as cowgirl, not. (laughs) Anyway, look that's the sort of thing I thought I might uh, share with you a little bit in season two. Not a lot, but just a few to um, lighten the mood a little bit. Um, Until uh, the start of season two, which as I said, we think that's pretty much May the 12th. Until then, thanks again for listening to my podcast. You have all exceeded all expectations and made me feel 10 foot tall. So thanks. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Narelle here again. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcasts as much as we enjoy putting them together. But to make sure you never miss an episode of Narelle Fraser Interviews, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to leave a rating and even a review and please share it with all your friends too and again thanks for joining us we have got some amazing stories to tell so thanks again see ya